Paddy Swag Radio. Soaking panties like a monsoon storm in the Haynes department. <laughs> Every Wednesday night from 8.30 to 10.30 Central, 6.30 to 8.30 Pacific. Yo, this is G-Love on First Avenue Radio. Thanks so much to everybody out in Minneapolis. So many great years. And thanks to First Avenue, thanks to First Avenue Radio, and thank you, Benny, and the whole Cadillac crew. From Minneapolis to Mars, nothing but the best current and classic First Avenue artists on First Ave Radio. Welcome to the Caddy Swag Show on FirstAveRadio.com. Very lucky to have tonight's special guest with us who will be performing this Friday, January 11th, Main Room, First Avenue, downtown Minneapolis. Help me give a warm welcome to living legend, the one and only G Love. G, welcome to the show. Yo, what's going on? How's, how you doing, Benny? How's everybody doing out there in, in Minneapolis? Well, you know, we're uh, we're getting by. Minneapolis. We're getting by. Oh, we're look- Go ahead. You still want you still want to talk to me? But the Eagles are in the um, playoffs because you guys lost. So uh, I got to thank you. I got to thank you guys. I hope you're not mad at them. I was gonna but bring I hope it you're up. Happy that we beat Chicago. I hope you're happy we beat Chicago at least. Unbelievable. I'll tell you what. I wanted to say congratulations to you on still being the Super Bowl reigning champions, and you guys are still in the hunt this year. How special was last year's football season to you? Oh, man, it was like, it was pretty awesome. You know, just being a Philly guy and long-term Eagles fan, I mean, you know, we say we bleed green because it's like, yeah, but just football is so funny. I mean, every city is the same. Everyone's so hyped up about it. People get so so worked up about everything. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, the Eagles generally uh, lose. So it was amazing that um, that we won. Well, you guys are in the so same position that we were in. Patriots, nonetheless. Well, huh? against the Patriots, nonetheless. So you guys were kind of in the same situation as the Vikings. Neither one of us had ever had a Super Bowl championship before. And I was just, uh, I wanted to give you credit because shortly before the Eagles played the Vikings at your show at uh, Mystic Lake, you did the same thing while you were on the stage. And you're like, you know, Eagles are going to beat the Vikings. And it was the only time anybody uh. booed during the whole show. <laughs> well, that's 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 good. <laughs> A one self-imposed boo during the show. But that was a great show. We, our last show up there at Mystic Lake. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, yeah, you know we have such a great history at Minneapolis, and like the support we've gotten from, you know, um, there was that station Rev One Hundred Five back in the day, and yep. that really kind of helped to get us our thing going in Minneapolis. And then the crowd response has always been like. Like, I'm not just saying it, it really, like, since the very, I always tell a story, but, like, it, we, it was our very first tour across the U.S., and we were plugging it out in the van, and I'll never forget coming into Minneapolis, we came around the corner, and there was this huge line outside of this club, and I said, man, I wonder what's going on there tonight, and they, 
guys are like, that, that's our show. That, that, that's your show. What? Oh, my God. It was the first time I ever seen, like, people, like, line up around the block to get to get to one of our shows. And it was like, and I remember that night, it was, um, up to that point, it was, like, the longest set we played. I think we played, like, a three-hour set or something that first night. And um, and that, that kind of just, like, you know, kicked it off for up to Minneapolis. So it's, and then, yeah, so I just said that we've had millions of shows at first dad which is like a second home and with conrad and his whole staff over there always so great and yeah man just the people everything you know what i mean well i think that it's interesting that you guys that you were here almost exactly a year ago you're here now did they psychologically plan sending you out to hawaii for a stretch before kicking off tour in the midwest in the middle of january <laughs> <laughs> well uh, first of all it's like contrary to popular belief, there's not really some kind of they anymore. Like some kind of like um, master musician owner pulling the strings. No, it's all uh, self-imposed. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I, I do uh, you know I have a number of what I call vacation gigs, and I've cultivated them over the years to be able to go surfing and play music. So Hawaii is obviously one of those tours so go over there um after christmas every year and do a little acoustic run and we also do one in costa rica and stuff so we get to you know and then get get uh get our sunshine on and then and then the, the winter run is generally we we do our our the bulk of our touring from january to march um and we go coast to coast all across the U.S. So we do hit some cold spots, but, you know, we're happy to bring the heat. Right on, man. <laughs> and that you do. The Sauce Tour kicking off in Milwaukee on Thursday, January 10th, Turner Hall Ballroom. Then on Friday the 11th, right here, First Avenue, downtown Minneapolis. You know, how many shows a year would you estimate you play on average? Well, I mean, the you know, the early years, I think we were clocking like 250 nights a year. Um, I think we we do somewhere between 100 and 150 shows a year, I'm guessing. That's impressive. Um, which is, uh, uh, that's, that's quite a few shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you get... I, don't know how, I don't know how I used to do it, but you know, like I, I um... I'm good friends with Jimmy Buffett's daughter, Savannah, and uh, I got to hang out with Jimmy a bunch. And um, I said to Jimmy, hey, man, how many shows did you used to do back in the day? He's like, gee, I did 360 sh- or 350 shows a year for like 20 years or 15 years. You know? And I said, I said hey, how, did, how the fuck did you do that? He goes, man, it was some... It was really pure. It was the shit was really pure back then. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> yeah. I said, okay. All right. Uh, well, you know what? Man? I don't know how this guy's. Yeah. So, but yeah, just goes to show you, it's like, yeah, you gotta, you know, that's part of that's the major major part of what we all do is to get on stage. I mean, regardless of to the level of success you have or how big your crowds are. I mean, this, that's the gig is you, you gotta get out there and get on stage and, and, um, and do your thing and connect with the people every night. And you gotta do it coast to coast. So you gotta do it. You can't just do it 
in Minneapolis and go home or anywhere else. You, you got to you got to keep trying to get to as many cities as you can. I think the ultimate goal is is like you're trying to what what you're trying to do is play your music for the most amount of people that you can around the world. And and you're not just going to play your music. You're trying to like make people happy and make a connection. And you you have something to say as a musician, so you're trying to get out there and, and you know express, give them what they want, express, give them what they need. Your love, yeah, give yeah. So it's a it's a beautiful job, and the travel is the, is the work. You know, the, the travel is the work. The, the the being on stage that's the play. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I want to take you back, man. I want to take you way back. I want to go back to when you were 16 years old. There's a legendary story about you jumping a fence at the Man Music Center in Philly. You snuck into the third row of a Blues Traveler concert, and they were opening up for the Allman Brothers. Tell us how that all unfolded. Yeah, well, um, you pretty much said it, but yeah, at the Man Music Center in Philadelphia, in the day, they had, um, it was just like a chain-link fence at the back of the venue. So all the kids would, teenagers, it was a thing, you know, like every, you'd see like every kid from every school at the back fence getting ready to, you know, jump over the fence and sneak in the concert. And now if one person did it, then the the yellow shirts would get you. But, you you know, what you're trying to do is you get everybody to go at the same time. So like... (laughs) You know, everyone would signal, and then it would be like, all right, now. And, like, literally, you know, you know, a hundred teenagers would assault the back fence like a, like a, like a war. And then, like, all the yellow shirts would, like, run after you, but you, you, you have them. You, like, you jump the fence, you sprint, and then you try to just, like, dissolve into the audience, and then you bring a change of shirt and change your shirt real quick, and then you disappear into the crowd. And so... Yeah, I was able to do that. I got over the fence for Blues Traveler and then um, made it all the way to the third row for Blues Traveler. And then I got cocky. So then I said, oh, I'm going to go find my friends back in General Mission. So I went back up to General Mission and then I had to cross from like, you know, the ticketed area General Mission and someone checked for my ticket. I didn't have one. So then they searched my bag and they found my little, my little, uh, a little bowl, <laughs> and then they, they threw me back out where I proceeded to walk out of the front door, go right around the back, jump back over the fence, and made it all the way to the front row for all the brothers. <laughs> and then at the, at the end, and, and then that was towards the end of the show, a couple were leaving, and they, I said, hey, can I have your ticket stub? And they said, yeah, sure. Here, take a ticket stub. And I had a ticket stub for the front row. And then at the end of the show, then I was good. So I enjoyed the show. And I'll never forget the M. You know, like Greg Allman and Warren Haynes and all the guys, like they came out and they shook people in the front row's hand and I shook Greg Allman's hand. And I just remember, like, I ran up, you know, just going crazy. I shook Greg Allman's hand. I shook Greg Allman's hand. I yelled that, like, all the way in the parking lot. So I found my peeps. That is and, uh, incredible. Uh, I, you know, I always tell Warren Haynes and Sean Popper that story, and uh, they could have been too much older. Than, I mean, I was 16 in their 20s, but uh, and then it's funny, you know, it's the first full circle, I ended up, you know, more or less, 
especially my tour of Blues Traveler this summer. And of course, um, I've become really good friends with um, Devin Allman and Brooklyn Allman, Greg's daughter, and Dwayne Betts. You bet kid and we all make music together so you know that's that is kind of like the kid that uh goes through coming up through high school watching a legend play in any particular sport and then all of a sudden you're a rookie and you're on the same field as them you know that has to have kind of a um i don't know it has to be somewhat surreal to you i mean i know uh, you're a star now but it's been going surreal. go ahead no i mean it, it is it, there's there's always continuous moments like that of um, where you just have to kind of pinch yourself. I mean, and, and at the same time, it all becomes, you know, very like, um, kind of normal, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's just part of your life and, and these are your friends now. Like, you know, Don Hammond, who's really like, biggest influence um, musically and he's like we're like family friends like they just they came up and stayed with us for four nights at our place up here where we live in Cape Cod and um, and you know just to get to be on stage like I got like I was doing this blues cruise last year and on stage gym with Buddy Guy nice and it's just a lot of different moments like that sure. when you're sure. and, then, and then like, you know, just in Hawaii and you know, Jack came and sat in for a couple shows at the, at the surfer, the bar out there on the North shore where he lives. And, uh, it's, it's amazing to see when people love him so much. They go crazy. It's like, it's, it's like, he's like the Beatles, you know, and like, <laughs> That's awesome. um, people, the reaction, you know, the workout has it. He's maybe going to sit in on the G Love shows, and that is awesome. What yeah, a what a great people uh, that were freaking out. Yeah, what a great parlay for the two of you to get together. You know, you talked about the Almond Brothers coming out and and shaking hands with people and things like that. And what I noticed, um, we didn't get a chance to meet until after the show at Mystic Lake. But I remember last year pre-show Mystic Lake while the opening band was playing, you came out into the hallway like just kind of taking pictures with people and chopping it up with the with people who were waiting to come in. There wasn't a ton of people out there, and I just thought that that was very cool. How you just nonchalantly, you know, you were maybe thirty minutes to go, and uh, you're just kind of out in the hallway saying what's up to a handful of fans. This Friday, you have a pre-show. VIP ticket available uh, where there's going to be a pre-show performance of some type along with a meet and greet. Is that something that you do at every show or is that kind of special to certain venues? No, um, we do a winter tour. We call it the pre-show pop-off and it's kind of a version of a little uh, I think VIP is kind of a stupid word but yeah, VIP experience. It's, it's, It's not Okay, yeah, you were just cutting out on me there for a second. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, Yeah, it's it's called the pre-show pop-off, and it's our version of the VIP experience, although I said I don't like to use the word VIP so much. One of the words makes me uncomfortable. Sure. But um, it's basically like uh, I do an all-request acoustic set 
Yeah, mini set, not like an hour show. Well, actually, it is. It is. It is like an hour, but I do like Q and A. You know, a conversation with the people, um, and I'll request that, and then we do like you know a little meet and greet, and and it's up to forty people, so nice. it's a uh, it's a really intimate little thing, and it, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's cool to, for me to see which songs the people request. I always say, Dan, oh, you, those are the songs you want to hear. I thought you want to hear these other ones. <laughs> <laughs> You're always surprised. But it's cool. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Very nice. You know, your set lists on social media have become a part of almost art folklore. Have you always been artistically talented? A, and B, how do we get our hands on Friday night set list? Um, so I started doing my... So I've always, like, hand-drawn... Um, you know, my flyers back in the day and like, some, like my first record was called G love. Oh yeah. And I did like all my scribble scrabble for the words and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I always do like a hand drawn set list. And then over the years too, like, man, it's really cool. You know, do you keep those? Well, anyhow, finally I started like, Oh, it's making it a thing. So I basically like just do this hand drawn set list every night. And it kind of helps when you get into the zone. And I write down a bunch of songs that are on the top of my head. Um, so it's not necessarily the songs I'm going to play, but it's a good starting point. And um, anyhow, then we we do we sell the framed original um, at the show. And you can also get them online at philadelphonic.com. And, um, and uh, I also make six copies. And the copies I hand out to the crowd, but the original we, we frame and we sell it every night. So yeah, nice. if you want, if you're interested in getting it and you're at the show, go back to the merch booth right off, right away, and, and try and get it because it usually sells pretty quick. I'll bet that it does. They're awesome. If you haven't seen them, go to Instagram at Philly G Love at Philly Glove and make sure that you check them out for yourself, and you'll have an idea of uh, what you can bid on Friday night at the show and. Speaking of Friday, come out and join the Caddy Swag crew, Legend G Love, along with Special Sauce, the 11th Main Room, First Avenue, downtown Minneapolis. Tickets available along with the pre-show pop-off performance, meet and greet, and uh, Q&A, firstavenue.com or firstavradio.com for more information there. G, cannot thank you enough for your time. Looking forward to seeing you on Friday. Looking forward to checking out the sets with the full G Love and Special Sauce crew. Uh, thank you for being so kind and gracious with us, G. Hey, Benny, thanks so much. I also, I also want to mention one other thing. So this is the 25th. Uh, this year marks the 25th anniversary of our first record release so we're going to be doing a real set of a lot of the old, old school stuff and so it's going to be a lot of fun especially especially special to do it back at our old haunting stomping grounds uh first out so yeah thanks so much to everybody out in minneapolis for so many great years and thanks to First Ave and thanks to First Ave Radio. And thank you, Benny, and the Coke Swag crew. You got it, man. Hey, we'll see you on Friday. Have a safe trip getting here. Kill it in Milwaukee tomorrow night. And um, just safe travels through your tour. Okay, G? All right. Thanks, brother. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye.
There you have it. G-Love, G-Love and Special Sauce, firstavradio.com, Caddy Swag Show, only bringing you the best. G-Love getting ready to kick off the 25-year anniversary to their first album release. You heard the story here on uh, the first time that he showed up and how impressed he's been with the crowds from Minneapolis all the way around. Big thanks to G-Love. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back after this. You're listening to the First Ave Radio, firstav.com. We play more prof. Brother Ali. Welcome to the United States. Land of the feet. Home of the slave. Idea. An atmosphere than any other station in the world. Exclusively on firstadradio.com. 